It's time for Tycoons of Small Biz, spotlighting the true backbone of the American economy, the true tycoons of business in America, the owners, founders, and CEOs of small businesses. The show's hosts, Austin Peterson and Landon Mance, are registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. The views expressed by your hosts, Austin and Landon, are not necessarily the views of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Let's lean in as Austin and Landon connect with this week's Tycoons. Good afternoon, Tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. I'm your host, as always, Austin Peterson, joined by the best co-host in the business, Landon Mance, and you are listening to Tycoons of Small Biz. We are a radio program slash podcast that is by small business for small business. And uh, what I mean is that we have small business running through our blood, literally. Landon and I are both uh, children of entrepreneurs and have been involved in family-owned businesses our entire lives. And we put together this program to highlight small businesses, allow them to come in, tell their story, give advice, and hopefully uh, the listeners are are gaining some value from that as well. So with that in mind, today we have a, a definite tycoon on the show with us today, and we're happy to have him in studio, even though he's from Southern California here in Tempe today with us in the Valley of the Sun, Dave Use, CEO and co-founder of Save On Services. Dave, welcome to the studio. Hey, guys. Thanks. I really appreciate being here and good to be meeting up. Yeah, we're excited to to have you come in and tell your story. We obviously talked a little bit before the show. We know a little bit about uh, kind of your interests. But before we jump into the business side of things and what it is that you guys do at Save On Services and, you know, kind of your business uh, background, why don't you tell us a little bit about you personally? Where where did you grow up? What's your family life like? Do you have kids? Are you married? Those sorts of things. And then you can even talk a little bit about what I know you, you've you been doing for the last few years as well. And, and then we'll jump into the business side after that. Sure. Well, uh, it kind of all started born in Florida, raised mostly in Ohio, avid uh, Browns fan uh, still today. But uh, yeah, I grew up shoveling snow, mowing grass. And, you know, that was the, the kickoff for my entrepreneurial spirit, middle of five kids. And, uh, you know, mom always taught, said about me that I was going to be a self-starter because I didn't really require the smack on the butt be uh, coming out. So, but it's been a great journey. I moved out to the West Coast when I was about 20 and uh, never really looked back. Still have lots of family back East, Florida and Ohio, but I've uh, kind of enjoyed the West Coast. But uh, in 06, Bought a motor coach and started traveling full-time around our beautiful country and uh, just really been enjoying that lifestyle uh, even today. I am single, but I do have uh, two daughters, uh, both in their 30s. Uh, one of them made me a grandfather about five years ago. So uh, Levi is uh, the apple of grandpa's eye. And I got word last week that my daughter is going to be having their second child. So Levi is going to get a, a little brother or a little daughter here soon. My youngest daughter's uh, planning on being married here in May, so we're looking forward to that. So a lot of good things happening in uh, in my life right now and uh, just feel very uh, grateful for all of the things that are happening. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, uh, you know, a couple of things that, that stick out already. We talked before the show started about how you used to live here in Arizona and moved, you know, to California. You're really, you're kind of, you know, living full-time in the motor coach, but I mentioned, you know, not many people go from Arizona to California. It's typically the other way around, California to Arizona. And same thing with Florida to Ohio. It's usually Ohio to Florida when you retire. So it's interesting that you've gone two directions, the opposite of what most people do. 
you know, when I came out from Ohio and, and went to California, I did come to Arizona from California. And then eventually um, that's when I bought the, the, the motor home and started traveling from here. Um, but uh, yeah, right now I'm over in the West Coast, uh, just north of San Diego, kind of close to uh, my kids and uh, my grandson. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I've always enjoyed the Valley of the Sun. It's, you know, a couple of tough months in the summertime, but other than that, it's just a beautiful area and it, I've kind of watched it grow up. So we visited, we visited over the years. We've lived here since 2014, my wife and I and our kids. And, you know, I remember the first time we visited my brother-in-law who's lived here for almost 30 years now, moved here from the DC area after he finished uh, graduate school was trying to convince us to move. And, you know, it was it was Thanksgiving morning. We're playing golf, you know, on Thursday, on Thanksgiving morning while my wife and his wife are home cooking dinner. You know, we're not <laughs> we're not pigs, but that was just, you know, <laughs> yeah, the what, what happened that day. And so we went and and, uh, and played golf and he was, you know, pointing out, you know, that house is, I think he said 90,000 bucks, you know, and we were living in Orange County at the time. And he's like, you can have that house right here on the golf course for 90,000 bucks. And I'm thinking, but can I, can I do the heat? Like, is it possible for me to do the heat? And then fast forward, we, you know, we were looking for a change. We'd moved from Southern California to outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And we were looking to kind of make a change there. I was tired of the snow, tired of a lot of things um, about living in Utah and just, just wanted a change. And we wanted to do it before our kids got too far along in school. And so we were here for a baseball tournament for my son who played on a travel league team kind of all growing up. And of course, you know, you're here in March and you're thinking, man, this is gorgeous, <laughs> right? And then we moved here on July 8th and it, it was just, wait a minute, what yeah. in the world did yeah. we do? You know, because you pull up with the U-Haul at eight o'clock at night and it's still 110 degrees. That's right. And, That's right. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you what, I, I would I would still to go back and, and do it again, I would. And I tell my siblings who still live outside of Utah, you know, you don't shovel sunshine. So I, I don't right. have to deal with that. And we spend an awful lot of time out of Arizona during this time of year because we also bought a motor coach about a year and a half ago. And we, we get out on the road and we spend time in Southern California and Park City. And, you know, we're going to go up to Glacier National Park here pretty soon. So it, it it does it has it's a great place to raise a family, but it's brutal for a few months in the summer. Yeah, you know the one thing about the RV lifestyle is if you don't like the people, the weather, or the scenery, you know you can always just pick your house up and and move. So there <laughs> yeah. there there are some distinct advantages to that. And uh, certainly once you you get rolling and you start to pick out some of your favorite spots, going back to them even at different times of the year. Like like in Arizona has so sometimes the weather will have an impact on that. So if you like whitewater rafting, you know early spring is pretty exciting because all the runoff is is happening at that time. The water is very cold. So if you're looking for something a little warmer, you know you wait till the the end of uh, summer and uh, and go check out those areas. But yeah, what a what an amazing thing! I'm happy for you to be able to take that journey. And it sounds like uh, you were telling me just before we got on the air that you know, as almost an empty nester, it's going to give you an opportunity to go out and uh, and see some things around the country. We got a beautiful country. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people. Our motto was, we always wanted to find Mayberry. We, do, we did our best to stay away from the big cities. So, uh, you know, I'm a big race fan, like Formula One and, uh, and IndyCars, live concerts and that sort of thing. But that's usually the the extent of us trying to get into a, a big city area. So uh, uh, I think you're going to love it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it'll be great. My wife is still on the fence 
about it. But the one thing that this pandemic has done for all of us is given us the ability to realize that, you know what, we don't have to be tied down to a specific office. That's right. We can do a lot of things on the road. I've I've hosted this radio program multiple times from the RV and, and other places on the road, sitting in campgrounds. I mean, there's been times where we've been, Landon and I have been on Zoom meetings and, you know, a, a train that's outside of Park City called the Heber Creeper that just kind of it's like a scenic view train or whatever yeah. passed right behind me blew the the you know the train whistle super loud when we're in the zoom but you know what it's acceptable now that's right and Landon and I have found that we're actually more efficient as business owners by doing things virtually for our clients who are also business owners because neither one of us has to get in and go across town or hop on an airplane worse yet to go and meet with them. We can do it via Zoom and we're actually more efficient because we're we're sharing stuff on the screen, we're writing on the screen, we're making changes on the fly. It, it makes us more efficient overall as business owners. Yeah, no doubt. I think that, uh, totally agree with that. And I think that you're right. I mean, overall, I think people in general are, are, more, are a little bit more adopting of the whole Zoom concept, the whole Zoom lifestyle. And I know for me, that's how I, I kind of got into the, uh, the full-time RV and was I had a friend that came over and looked at all my monitors up in, you know, one of my home office uh, uh, rooms and, and said, you know, your businesses are internet related. What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, your kids are grown, they're, they're gone. Why don't you buy a motor home and start traveling around? Can, you can do this from the road, right? And it, it seriously got me thinking about it. And I'd never owned a motor home prior to that. So, you know, I took about six months, kind of researched the different rigs and uh, made the decision and cut the umbilical cord, so to speak, and uh, and got going. So it's uh, it's just been fantastic. And I think that anybody that at least goes out and tries it for a little while may be surprised because it gets you outside, you're communing with people, other light, other RV or type of lifestyle people um, seem to be pretty decompressed. And so um, it's a good way to go for sure. Yeah. Well, good. Landon. Yes. Yeah, I'm starting to see a theme developing here, guys. <laughs> I, I got to chime in. I mean, how does it sound? The, uh, tycoons on the road yeah the three of us start a a new podcast and it's all about you know business owners being out on the road and running their businesses you know remotely what do you guys think (laughs) well i'll tell you there there is one and i'll give them props it's there there's a young couple that kind of got started a while ago in fact they got started probably just after i did and they were pretty young uh husband and wife that their their website is i think gone with the winds and that's W-Y-N-N-S. And I'll give them up some props because they have gone out into a motorhome all over the country, started shooting videos of campgrounds and uh, going to different restaurants and museums. And they were really just, you know, they were cataloging their entire lifestyle. And uh, it caught on. A lot of people started following them. And then, it, you know, fast forward, he started making these little mods to things that he would build around the motorhome. He started recommending products, solar panels to, you know, if you were boondocking and that sort of thing. And they just started getting more and more followers. I don't even know how many they're up to now. It's probably been a maybe a year since I've kind of last peeked in on them. But the last thing that I saw them do was was they sold the motorhome. And they went and bought like a 65-foot uh, catamaran. And so now they're traveling by sea. But they've successfully become a huge Amazon affiliate. They talk about products. They promote products. And they're living the dream. And, uh, you know, that's that's one of my mottos is happiest are those who feel that what they should be doing and what they are doing are the same thing. You know, you can't get tomorrow back. So you better better live for your todays and, uh, you know, love all the ones that are around you and, and embrace the ones that, uh, that are smiling at you. Cause, uh, 
There are no strangers in the world. They're just friends that you haven't met yet. And if you kind of keep that in your purview, you'll be surprised. Uh, the, the RV lifestyle, it, it's, a, it's a catchy thing. So you may, you know, you may be onto something there, Landon. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not too privy to the, uh, you know, the uh, RV camper world, you know, so maybe I'm going to be the dark horse here, but, uh, you know, you guys got the drivable RVs. I, I, I know Austin does, I'm assuming you do, but my wife and I, um, we've made a decision that in the next couple of years, maybe by the end of 2023, that uh, we're going to leave Vegas and we're going to uh, buy a piece of land somewhere, maybe Idaho or Texas or something, maybe one to three acres. But before we do that, we're going to buy a little uh, trailer, you know, a, a tow tow trailer and uh, tow it behind uh, the SUV and go check out a bunch of spots before we end up settling on something. So I'll be doing kind of like a mini, you know, mini version of what you've been doing the last yeah, couple call of years. Yeah, call that the recon run. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Go do your recon run and, and start picking out a couple of spots. You know, a lot of people in this lifestyle, they go out and they go to the RV resorts and the place where I'm at, you know, bought a lot. And so you, you own the lot. You could do that in about four or five spots around the country. When you're not there, you could put them in a rental pool. So now you're making money from them. They're always available to you. It's almost just another alternative, like an Airbnb type of thing without really a, a house. It's more of a lot. And uh, some of the places uh, have really beautiful build outs. And so you're, you're talking about people that sometimes put $200,000 uh, build outs on their RV lot. And so now you've got four of those around the country in, you know, different climates and it works out pretty well. Like I said, yeah. be careful. You might catch the bug. Yeah, I, 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 might. I love outdoors, man. So I, I definitely might. So yeah, very cool, man. Well, uh, Thank you for, you know, kind of giving us a little glimpse into uh, Dave's kind of personal past, but give us a little glimpse into your past, you know, from a professional standpoint and kind of leading up to uh, to what you're doing right now. Well, uh, I'll start with, you know, my, my earliest working, aside from being the kid mowing the grass and, and shoveling snow for, uh, for picking up my quarters. When I moved out to California or prior to moving out to California in my 19s and 20s after high school, I kind of worked at a girlfriend's brother's machine shop. And uh, just to give it a little reference point, it was back when that uh, that song, Take This Job and Shove It, was was kind of popular and all over the air. I After about two years, I kind of realized that that wasn't my calling. And um, so I, I ended up responding to an ad that said, uh, selling photography or taking pictures is fun. Selling photography is a career. You know, I remember the headline so vividly because I was a really shy, introverted kind of guy. It was the guy that would go to a party and just didn't have a lot to say. It realized that I was able to kind of get outside of my my own ego, some of my own uh, fears and phobias, and uh, combined that with being a, a server at a steakhouse, I was able to kind of discover a little alter ego. I got a little more comfortable in my skin. And I think that um, you know, everybody has to do that at some point. You got to push your limits a little bit, kind of get out outside of your comfort zone, because you never really know what you're going to be capable of doing until you start stretching and pushing some boundaries. And um, for me, it really just had more to do with not so much the money making aspect as much as it was that I just I, I just didn't want to be that shy guy anymore. You know, I kind of wanted to to be the people that I kind of felt were out there living a little bit more and, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes. So I, um, I answered that ad and I started selling. I, I was actually pretty good at it. 
and uh, eventually moved out west uh, with that company. I was an independent contractor, started recruiting, training other offices, and ended up having multiple offices in my organization. And and I kind of just realized that I loved training and teaching people. I liked seeing success in others. And uh, so that was uh, that was a real fun early part of my journey. But, you know, then I, as the internet started to emerge, I realized from a marketing mindset that the internet was not going to go away. And that's really what, when I got here into Arizona was in like 1998, I came here with the idea that this internet thing is going to blow up. And at the time, Phoenix was some of the people from California, Silicon Valley, they were, you know, Phoenix had this little technology little bubble that was starting to develop a little bit. And I said, you know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to learn from some people that are doing this, this internet thing. Cause I don't, I don't know what it's going to do, but I have a feeling it's going to be pretty good. And I guessed right. Um, I came here, uh, met a couple of people, created a, a website called searchaz.com. And it was basically an Arizona directory website. We used to call people and they didn't even know that they were going to need a website or want a website. But so we just created a directory, put a bunch of buttons underneath each listing and said 20 bucks per button. The more buttons you light up, uh, the higher your listing is going to be. And I had a, a young guy write some code for us that just basically um, would leapfrog you out of the alphabet order if you had more buttons. And those buttons were an email button, I think a coupon button an info button, and then a website button. So I think there were like four or five buttons. So the more buttons you lit up, the more you'd pay us 20 bucks per button per month. And um, it, it went well. And we ended up uh, getting bought by uh, a, a company that wanted to blend us and two other companies together. We didn't know it at the time, but believe it or not, we were we were trying to put together a thing that would have been called Amazon. <laughs> and uh, it was the I Am Sure Network. And unfortunately, it was right before the dot-com bubble burst, and uh, we ended up, uh, you know, losing the opportunity, uh, the window of time. But it sure taught me a thing or two about the internet and about people and scaling and putting businesses together. So my next jump was to study search engine optimization because I was fascinated. I love learning, and I, I was fascinated by how do search engines actually decide how they're going to rank websites, you know? And at the time, Google wasn't even uh, on the map at that point. Um, so here we are in, in about the year 2000. And, um, you know, I, I really took a passion to it. And I started studying everything I could. I, there wasn't even a cottage industry called SEO, search engine optimization. It was hadn't even really been born. I think it, I think it came around in 97, 98. But I, uh, I got good at it. I started a little website called metatagmd.com. And I just started offering people free website evaluations. And they started responding. And we started taking clients on, optimizing their websites, getting them rankings, and built a little reputation of being able to be a kind of a good underground SEO guy. And so um, the next leap there was then to go ahead and start creating websites that we owned and controlled. And that evolved into uh, a lead generation business that ran for about 10 years. Um, and we were generating five to 7,000 lead calls a month and selling those for $30 a piece. And we thought we had a money printing machine. It just wouldn't end until Google decided to change an algorithm one day. And we literally lost about 900 websites overnight that just fell off page one of Google. I can remember that day pretty vividly. Uh, but again, you know, life, life's always throwing you the speed bumps, the, the lemons, and you got you to gotta navigate. So that's really all that business really is. is a, it's a series of navigations. I always equate it to, I think it was uh, Byron Nelson. I don't know if you guys are big golfers or not, but 
you know, they say that it's a, it's a game of misses. You know, you really think about it. The target, when you think of the expansiveness of a golf course, um, literally, you know, the total yardage from point to point is what we think of when we're playing the course. But if you just think of the overall acreage that is consuming a single golf course and that the size of a cup is about four inches across. And so those are your targets. And there's, there's only 18 targets in all of that expansive space. And I think that, you know, our, we should run our careers and run our businesses very similarly. You pick out your target and it's, it's always going to be a game of misses, but you know, you're going in the right direction if you're getting close. And I think that those kinds of distinctions are the things that um, teach us the, the, the best lessons of all. You know, everybody always says, you know, I'll learn from others and that's, that's great, but you don't forget the lessons that cost you something, whether it was time or money or both. They tend to stick with you. And, and I think that those are the, the experiences that propel you faster um, towards your next target. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 62 in, in uh, November. And, you know, I, I look at myself in the mirror. I don't feel 62. I don't think I act 62. And I just, you know, it's, to me, it's, it's just about constantly improving. Tony Robbins talks about constant and never-ending improvement. And I think that, you know, that's, if you can kind of marry to those kinds of causes, then I don't think you ever get old. You just have fun. Yeah, agreed. I think, <clears throat> you know, there are some really important things that you said there. One, it's important for those business owners that are listening and, and anybody else who's listening that's thinking about starting a business that business owners fail a lot, right? And it's all about failing forward, as they say, getting up and going out and trying again. And even after somebody has a successful business with a successful exit, and then the next one's not, quote unquote, overnight success or, or super successful and you have problems, but you kept on going, right? It, it reminds me of a, of a phrase that I heard once, and I don't remember who said it, but it, it's success is not owned, it's rented, and the rent is due every single day. That's exactly right. Right. And and that's the thing. Like everybody sees like this business take off, right? Like Amazon take off with Jeff Bezos, right? And, and it's, it's this overnight massive success. Well, no, there was a decade prior to anybody ever even hearing about Amazon. That's right. That he was working his tail off. Same thing with Bill Gates. Same thing with anybody that you can think of that had a has a huge business today. That's right. It started a long time ago and they had failures along the way and they continued to push forward and do things differently. And so not everybody's out there trying to build the next Amazon. Some people are, right? And if you are, that's great. If you aren't, that's great too, right? You can have a great, a fantastic lifestyle type business that takes good care of your family, allows you to be in a motor coach throughout the country whenever you want and still be very successful in life. But we have to realize that just because you're successful in one aspect of your life doesn't mean you're going to be successful in other aspects of your life or you're successful in one business, you're going to be successful in another business. You, you just have to keep pushing, learning every day, learning from your own mistakes, learning from others' mistakes, and just keep rowing forward. That's that's so true, Austin. And, you know, I, I um, one of my favorite metaphors is, you know, the Chinese bamboo tree, when you plant the seed, you have to water it and nurture it literally every day. And you don't do that for just six months. In fact, you don't do it for two or three years. You're watering a Chinese bamboo tree every day for five years, and nothing pokes through the ground until the beginning of the fifth year. But in the first six weeks of the fifth year, it goes almost 45 to 90 feet in the first six weeks of the fifth year. 
They say that you could almost sit there and watch it grow because the, the, the growth is so impressive, but it takes five years. So the question is, you know, a lot of times um, entrepreneurs and, and, and people that are, you know, entertaining the idea of getting into their own business. First off, always pick something that starts your motor in the morning. You know, it's, it's got to be something. Making money is, you know, it's a scoreboard event. It's That's really what it is, right? What is it that, you know, if you're talking sports, you've got, you know, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, the four majors, and all of them have one thing in common. They have a goal. If you take the hoops off the backboard, there's no goal. Take the nets out of hockey, no goal. Take the end zones off of football, no goal. How do you keep score? So keeping score in, in your business is, you know, and making money is, is nothing more than really a scoreboard that creates your freedom. And that freedom is your time. And so when you can get to the point where you're creating enough freedom in your life, really the way that I look at it is I've created, I've created time for me to enjoy my freedom, right? So uh, I think that when you get to identify and that you, if you're going to go in business, if you're going to start something, pick out something that you're passionate about. Because then you're not, you know, you've heard the phrase, you don't work a day in your life if you're really waking up every day doing something that you enjoy. If you happen to make great money at it, that's, that's awesome, you know. But just find a way to, um, you know, to, to bring some, some good uh, excitement to what you're doing and don't expect it to happen overnight. It's the Chinese bamboo tree. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to make some deposits if you're going to make some withdrawals, you know? So uh, <laughs> I, I had a, one of my earliest mentors, you know, he said, Dave, you know, you, you may have a fireplace in your house, but somebody still has to go down and chop the tree down and then buzz it into sections and then split it. And then you have to allow it to stay outside in a split form. So it dries because you can't burn green wood. Right. And he says, so think about all the time to grow the tree, to chop the tree, section the tree, split the tree, let it dry before you ever get something out of it in your fireplace. And, you know, you have to be willing to do the work and put the wood into the fireplace because you can't look at it and tell you to throw out some heat until you've put in the work. So it's, it's always stuck with me. It's been a really great little metaphor. So that one and the Chinese bamboo tree are just some of my favorites. They really, they resonate with me and people that I coach and, and talk to and clients that I have, um, it's just, I, I think it's just so true. And no matter what, what you're doing, you know, you got to put in the work. Yeah, no doubt. I think <clears throat> we talked about this a few weeks. Well, actually, I, I guess it was just me because Landon was uh, coming back from California. We, were, we had a guest on uh, that does commercial real estate. And we talked about how in his industry and really in Landon and I's industry, if you want to build your business the right way, you better plan on not making any money for probably three years and not making any real money for five years, right? And that's and that's what dissuades a lot of people from getting involved. But that's how that quote unquote overnight success happens is all of a sudden Landon and Austin or Richard, the guest that was on before, have this great business that generates great income. They're really good at it. They've got a good following, but you have to plant that seed early and water it every single day for a long period of time before those fruits really manifest. Yeah, and, and, and that's so true because there's a lot of times where we only hear of the successes because those are the ones that sometimes hit the airwaves, right? But a lot of people don't know that Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players in, in NBA history, um, he actually has missed more game-winning shots than shots that he's made. 
And if you think about that for a second, you know, there's what are the ones that you see on ESPN? Those they always showed it going in and they always showed the arms up and everybody excited. And but you know, he actually missed more game-winning shots than he's than he's made. And so I think that there's a maybe there's a an ounce of wisdom in there that, you know, I think that from starting a business, you're exactly right. Um, you just have to be willing to put the work in and celebrate your wins and learn from your losses. But yeah, I think from an economic standpoint, realize that if you can, if you feel like you can endure that three to five year window of, of making money and getting into profitability, if that's something that you can commit yourself to, then if it happens that way, you're not disappointed. But if it happens sooner, yeah, you could, you, you got something to get excited about. And by then you've got momentum and momentum is a wonderful thing. I mean, that's a, that's a whole topic in and of itself, but but yeah, getting momentum is kind of like getting into the current of the white water. You're moving a little bit quicker and it quickens the heart a little bit too. Yeah. So I'm going to finish the Michael Jordan thing real quick and then I'm going to land and ask a question or two that I sure. know he's he wants to ask you about what you're doing now. But so the the Michael Jordan thing to finish what you said, he he missed more game-winning shots than he made, right? Yep. Kobe Bryant, same thing. All the guys that you think of that hit these clutch clutch shots at the end of the game missed more than they made. But here's the difference. They were willing to take the shot every single time. They, they want miss the ball. it. Yeah, they miss it that night. They were willing to take that game-winning shot the next night and understand and, and expect it to actually go in. Yes. Right? That's the mental game. And it's the same thing in business. Is you, you fail, you make a mistake, it costs you some money or it costs you a client or whatever it ends up doing. But you're willing to get up and make the exact same effort the next day. Create the exercise. Yeah. Um, taking that shot is, is really important. And, you know, I think that's the difference is a guy like Michael Jordan would, would take that shot knowing that he's seeing it going in. Um, so he's living in the reward mode of the exercise. And there's a lot of people that get caught up in the fear mode and, you know, the, the, the four letters of the word fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. So sometimes when you get the ball in your hand, and you're playing the wrong movie in your head, you're playing the fear movie role, you tend to take that shot with reluctance. Um, and, and, and our brain is so powerful. You know, you, they say your subconscious cannot uh, associate fact from fiction. So now what happens if you're playing the fear role in your mind, trying to take a shot that you're trying to win the game, but fear is overcoming it? And those things are happening in your head in a split second. And so I think that that's that's kind of what happens is guys like Kobe, guys like Michael Jordan, you know, all the greats. Pick any sport. They they want the shot. Wayne Gretzky wanted the shot. He wanted to set somebody up with the perfect assist and, you know, one of the greatest all-time, you know, assist leaders and hockey players. And I think he still lives here in the Valley, doesn't he, Mr. Gretzky? Yeah, one of the greats. I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. yeah. I think he lives in Vegas, does actually. He now? Yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. He did know. live here for a while. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, as you, as you guys were talking about the uh, some basketball greats, uh, just that a thought came into my mind, which was, I think it was an it was an interview uh, with Tiger Woods. You know, arguably the best golfer to ever play the game. I think he had just won a Masters or something, and you know they're interviewing him, saying, you know, so you know, what are you going to do? You know, what's next? He's like, oh, I, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to go. I got to get over to the range and start hitting balls again. I mean, the guy was the best golfer on the planet and practiced more than any other professional golfer out there. Just such an interesting 
concept just to kind of piggyback on what you guys were saying about uh, Jordan and, uh, and Kobe. But, um, you know, I, I like what you said, Dave, something about uh, uh, what'd you say? Continue, continual improvement or what'd you say exactly? It's, it's Kanai constant and never ending improvement. Yeah. Constant and never ending improvement. I Anthony love that. Ro- Anthony Robbins to. is uh yeah, that's his, that's one of his monikers is, you know, just every day make, make progress. Find a way to right. go forward, you know, keep learning, improving. Right. And, uh, right. and I right. think, I think that the pros, uh, you know, all the greats do that, you know, and in business too. I think that, you know, that's the kind of, kind of thing that you, that gets you up in the morning and, you know, perks the coffee or whatever your, your favorite beverage is that you get, you get going and you jumpstart your day. Cause you're out there to try to figure something out. And I think that that's, you know, Tiger's out there at the end of a tournament. Cause he, he knew that he missed a couple of shots. And so he's going to go out and repeat those. And to try to get his mind aligned with, you know, the result that he wanted because he didn't get it on the course. And so he takes it out to the practice range after after a round of golf. And I and I you're, you're, you're exactly right, Landon. I mean, that that's what great uh, leaders, visionaries. That's what they do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So, Dave, what, tell us about Savon and what are you what are you trying to what are you trying to figure out there? Well, Save On Services is really the, um, you know, it's a godsend to uh, coming off my previous company that that Google essentially, and it wasn't a direct attack by Google by any means. It was just an algorithm change. And the algorithms are mathematical equations that some really, really smart engineers, computer engineers, they do in order to determine what websites are going to be ranking. So there's, you know, 300 little metrics that kind of fall into an algorithm and it decides what websites are going to be ranking for particular keywords. So um, when that business went away as a result of, you know, these eight or 900 websites that kind of fell off the first page of Google, uh, so too went my income and took two years to try to resuscitate uh, those websites to, you know, kind of combat what had happened. Uh, but after about two years, we kind of sold all the assets off. I've got interest in some other areas. I kind of went and played in those areas for a while. But I was always fascinated because one of the things that was so gratifying to me was the fact that we had small business owners, um, you know, garage door companies and plumbers and electricians and roofers all over the United States. And these are people that I've never came face to face with. I could walk by them in an airport and they wouldn't know me. I wouldn't know them. This was, you know, pre-Zoom days and all this. So this is, you know, from 04 to 14. It was making a difference. And I would get calls and I remember we had about... uh, 70 of the uh, this one particular uh, garage door company, we had all their franchises on board. And I think they got together one, one year. They said, you know, man, you've made a difference. We, I, we don't know why we convert more of the calls we get from your websites than our own website, but we're, we're grateful it's happening. And uh, you've really made a difference in a lot of our franchisees' lives. I think I ended up with 70 turkeys one, one Thanksgiving showing up. And so we started dropping them off at, you know, some of the churches and food banks because uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. But what it, what it did for me was it let me know that we found a way to help small businesses hire more people, do more business, and make a difference. And so when I look at the one owner of a particular small business, I don't see just their face. I see, you know, potentially tens if dozens of people and potentially hundreds of people that are that are represented and able to benefit from, you know, my world is marketing. And so if I if I help make the phone ring, if I help bring value uh, to your business, it's because, you know, we figured a thing or two out on how to get you more customers. 
And so I did that in my SEO business. I did it in the lead gen business. And Save On Services, um, you know, February 2019, I wake up uh, at about 3 a.m. in the morning of a dead sleep and I sat up in bed. And the, the message that was playing in my head was build lead generation like it's a Costco. And I immediately got up. I went, started banging away, probably half only half awake. And I just started writing ideas and just doing a brain dump on what would lead generation look like if it was a membership model where we literally took the model of lead gen and put it on its head. So today, companies like you know Home Advisor, Angie's List, Porch House, Tackle, all fine companies. They they provide a service. They generate leads for contractors. Many of them. Uh, are the ones that are signed up for our service. And um, we just felt, though, that a lot of times when those leads get sold, because that's what's happening, is, that, you know, you see a television commercial, you you call and say that I need to get my garage fixed, and you're, and you're the consumer now giving your name, address, phone number, um, you know, a lot of information directly to somebody through the phone who's now typing that information in, hitting a keystroke, and now it gets sent out to seven or eight contractors in that same market. And I always had a problem with that. My previous company was an exclusive leads program. So if you were the one getting the lead call from us, that was it. You were the only company that was getting that lead. So uh, those contractors, when I'd call them and I'd say, hey, are you using any of the other lead generation sources? They would say, yeah. And it was, you know, the tone of their voice kind of told me a lot. And I realized that I, I thought we were onto something because the exclusive leads uh, semi-exclusive leads, very, very valuable. These guys don't want to have to get a lead call, pay for it, and then quick to quick to the phone and then worry about somebody coming in and lowballing, you know, their service call fee or whatever it is, because that happens. And and so we just felt that Save On Services needed to be something different. I didn't want to create, I don't want to go back into lead gen and create something, another variation or another name of of, of a model that's that's been kind of already regurgitated and, and you know, it's out there because the contractors, those are the ones that, that kind of told me, you know, do something different. If you could find a way to keep doing the exclusive thing, that'd be great. So that's exactly what Save On Services is, is we took lead gen, put it on its head. So we literally started ca calling contractors and said, listen, if we gave you free lead calls, would you be willing to give our members a discount every time they used you? I was asking a serious question, but to them, they were giving me the answers completely the opposite of when I would ask them, you know, do you buy leads from other sources, you know, like HomeAdvisor, Angie's List, any of those kind of things? It'd be, yeah. So when I said, if I gave you lead calls for free, would you be willing to give our members uh, a discount on, on what you charge them? And it was exactly the opposite. So when I started hearing just the tone in their voice, they were like, well, yeah, what's that going to look like? Then it was validation because the the memory, the, the thing that was stamped on my brain in that 3 a.m. sleep that woke me up was charge consumers a reasonable monthly fee and help them save at least eight, nine, 10 X on whatever that fee is going to be. So after some working around it, um, I, I called my nephew in Florida and I knew he was an excellent videographer, good business mind mid thirties. And I said, David, I said, listen, I got this idea to get back into the lead gen business. And I think I, I think, you know, I want to talk with you about it. See if you'd like to partner up on this. And he did, he was excited. And so all of the videos on our website are all in-house produced. He's just phenomenal. He does a great job. But I said, you know, 
from my previous experience, the lead gen business model really needs something different. And so we said, let's sell the equivalent of a Costco membership to consumers for 30 bucks. So for $30 for the whole year, a homeowner now gets access to our mobile app. And when you open up the app, it's going to read your zip code. And then it pulls in all of the contractors that have signed up to serve as your zip code. So there's no more calling somebody and having a contractor say, oh, well, we don't service your area. I'm sorry. We tell the contractors, hey, listen, if you'd like to be on the Save On Services platform, then there's a couple of ground rules. Number one, you're going to get the calls for free. Number two, you got to be willing to give a discount. And you can never tell a customer that you don't service their area because we're going to let you tell us what zip codes you want that are in your service area. And when you sign up for those, then we're like a buffet restaurant. You can take, you know, all the zip codes you want, but you got to service all the zip codes you take because every consumer member is paying us, you know, they're, they're expecting performance. So we were pretty meticulous in creating a vetting program and we got, got the uh, contractors. I think we're up to about 1,100 contractors around the country in nearly 300 markets right now that we're, we're, we're at various stages of onboarding all these contractors. And Phoenix happens to be the very first market that we're opening up and making it available for consumers to start signing up. This whole model has been so well embraced by both contractors now and the consumers that seem to realize that if for $30 for the entire year, they get access to top-rated contractors that we've added, number one. Number two, they're going to get a discount. That discount's going to be 12% on anything up to $500. If you go over $500, the percentage of discount starts to descend percentage-wise, but you can get a discount on an invoice all the way out to $20,000. When you hit $20,000, your discount is 5%. That's 1000 bucks. So if you pay $30 to get into our, quote unquote, virtual Costco membership program, right, you're going to be able to save $1,000 if you have a $20,000 roof repair done. You're going to save 1000 bucks. We, we really believe that based on, you know, our projections that homeowners all over the United States are looking for something that's going to give them a better experience than what's available out there now. So by, by membership, we give them discounts, access to top-rated contractors. And then the third one is, you know, my, my nephew, David, I got to give him credit for this one because this is a big one for him. And I think mostly because of his age, he's in his mid-30s and, you know, like all of you guys, right? So it's personal data kept private. It's a major foundation for us because, you know, when, when you call one of those commercials you see on TV and they say, oh, great, what's your address and what's your name and when you're available and what's wrong with your garage door or what's wrong with your situation you need help with, you're surrendering a ton of information with, and that gets sold out to seven or eight different contractors, right? So be the role of the contractor for a second. I just got done paying 50 or 60 bucks for this personal information. And now I can't, I didn't get the job. Because there's only going to be, let's say, one garage door company that's going to actually show up at the address and fix the door, right? The other six or seven companies that paid for that same lead, they can't resist the temptation to keep that information. And all of a sudden, periodically, they start emailing, spamming. They start, you know, text messaging. They start doing automated robocalls. They start doing a number of different things because they want to monetize that $50 that they spent to get a lead. And unfortunately... Um, you know, wow, there's, there's some really uh, questionable things that go on in that, in that model where, for instance, you have a, a, one company will get the call and book the appointment 
And, you know, it's nine o'clock in the morning and they tell the customer we could be there at two o'clock. Customers, can't you be here any earlier? Well, no, we'll, we'll try. If we have any cancellations, we'll, we'll show up earlier and we'll call you. But, you know, you're in for two o'clock for sure. Okay, great. We'll see you at two. Ten minutes later, one of the other contractors that bought that same lead, he calls that same customer. Hey, this is Charlie at ABC. Have you, have you uh, got any other calls from anybody else to fix your garage? Yeah, we did. Um, guys coming out at two o'clock. Two o'clock? It's 9 a.m. I could be out there in 45 minutes. And so now what happens is, is customer gets distracted, doesn't think to call the first customer uh, company back and cancel their appointment. So the second guy rolls up on the job. And believe it or not, some, some things that start to happen in the home services spaces is that uh, unhappy technicians who leave their employer know that they buy leads from some of these other sources. And so now they're buying those leads. They know that their company is Johnny on the spot calling them. They'll intentionally wait 30 minutes, call that customer because they know that there's already been an appointment and they'll act like a technician that is, you know, supposed to be coming out at quote unquote, the two o'clock hour, but they roll up and they're their own, they're their own deal. It, 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 it puts the customer's personal data in a compromising situation that unfortunately goes sideways pretty quickly. So we never sell or share our members' data. So when a contractor joins with us, they're not getting any personal information. In fact, the only thing they're getting is a direct phone call from our members who use our app. There's a little phone icon next to every category. When you pop open the category, we will show up to three different companies that you can choose from. But you got to call each one of them individually. We're not, we're not selling the information. We're not sharing it. You as the consumer member that's using our platform, pay $30, get the app, and now you can press the phone icon and you're talking directly to, let's say, A1 Garage Door here in the Valley. Tommy Mello's the owner of the company. He's 20-some, almost 30-some states around the country. He's probably going to be in all 50 states by, you know, within the next year or so. Runs a fine, fine operation. But you're now, as a member, talking directly with the contractor, booking your own appointment. We're not involved in that in that particular process, other than the fact that we vetted only the, the, the best rated contractors to get them onto our platform. So the experience for, the cons- for our consumer members should be very consistent. They're going to always get a discount. There's a little calculator that's on our app, and it basically explains it. You know, it's very transparent. The contractor has the same calculator on their app. Consumer, they're standing in the garage, and they go, okay, well, it's going to be $389 to fix your garage door springs. And the customer is going to look at them and go, okay, well, let's do this. And I know you're a, a good contractor because... I'm a save on services member. And so I know you're one of the contractors. And at that point, the technician says, well, great, you're going to save a little bit of money today then, aren't you? Yes, I am. Now they both just put $389 into the app. There's a calculator. It's all pre-programmed. It's all pre-wired. So every dollar from one all the way up to $20,000 has the discounts factored right onto the calculator. And both people, the customer member and the technician, know exactly what that discount's going to be. So there's no smoke and mirrors. There's no miscalculation. There's no overcharging, undercharging. Contractors don't have to worry about whether their guys are good on the calculator or not. They just put in the original quote, and now there's a discount. So on a $389 uh, invoice, our members are going to save roughly $47. And what did they pay for their annual membership? 30 bucks. They're already ahead after just one service. So that's where we believe that, um, you know, we're going to be onto something here. We just got to you know, gain our momentum, get our, our exposure. I think that uh, as that starts to roll out, I think things will take care of itself. Because I think when you 
trying to plan something to be winning for everybody that's involved. I think that, I think, yeah, it smells like a good barbecue. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to get closer. <laughs> yeah. So, so with everything that you just said there, which I think you did a fantastic job of helping us understand how the process works, two things that I wanted to mention. So the first thing you talked about was vetting the contractors. So I'd love to hear more about the process for vetting the contractors, right? As a consumer who actually just had tile work and countertops done a few months ago, roof replacement, you know, so I think about the dollars that I could have saved, except that I knew personally every contractor I hired. So I feel like I did pretty, pretty well, you know, anyway, but I'd love to, you know, hear more about the vetting process. And then the next thing that I'd love to hear about is client acquisition is different when you're going directly to the consumer versus trying to find contractors that are starving for leads. Right. So I'd love to hear what your process is and what you guys are doing for client acquisition on the consumer side. Great questions. And I and I think that, you know, the contractors, there's there's no shortage of contractors in any market around the United States. Um, there's there's lots of them. We're, we're choosy. Uh, you know, just our, our normal process is they fill out an application on our website and they have to tell us quite a bit about themselves and their company. I'm speaking about the contractor now. And um, one of the questions that we ask is, you know, how many technicians, how many trucks uh, do you do direct mail? You know, we want to get a sense of them being an experienced company, but we won't hold it against somebody if their company is young in its age, because everybody's got to get a start, right? Uh, What ends up happening sometimes is you'll have somebody that um, maybe they are going out on their own. They've been in the industry for 20 years, so they're a really good plumber. And now it's just time for them to, you know, jump out on their own. And and that's fine. But what we do look for is um, a, a commitment that, you're going to be able to scale with us. Um, so if you're a business that is probably a little long in the tooth in the sense that you're now ready to retire, so you're kind of like downshifting. You're not really looking for more business. You're just sustaining and, you know, kind of quietly going to maybe put your business up for sale. You're probably not going to be a good fit for us because we want uh, we want contractors that have great reviews, ownership with a vision, I personally interview every single one. I, I call before we give you the final approval. They're talking to me before we uh, put them onto the platform. So I want to know a, a little bit more about their business. Um, how do you handle certain circumstances? You know, and once they understand what our model and what our expectations are, the golden rule that we always tell them is we don't have a lot of rules, but there's one that you just can never break. And if you do, you're out. I mean, there's not any second chances. The way that we can keep our the, the validity of our program is that they cannot ask the consumer members if they're a Save on Services member until after they've given a quote. Because if you ask the consumer if you're a Save on Services member prior to giving a quote, it's going to sound like you're trying to pad the, the number, right? Make room for the discount. So we want all of our consumer members to know that there's that high level of um, integrity, to our program. So when I have these conversations with the contractors and I've, you know, we've, we've embraced, you know, the, some of the biggest franchises, the biggest carpet cleaner in the world, ChemDry, you know, we sent a, a, a communique to Ed Quinlan, the, the CEO, and, you know, he flies out a, a message across their, their internet, you know, their Facebook group. And, you know, instantly we've got a couple of hundred franchisees from, from ChemDry. We don't care whether you're a big company and a big franchise, national brand, worldwide brand. We just want consistency. 
because that's what's going to keep us going. So we do have the contractors sign a, a contract. They agree not to ask that question. None of their CSRs can ask that question. Are you a member of Save On Services prior to giving them a quote? So as long as they do a number of things that we require of them, then they fill out a contract. They agree to it. They agree to honor our discount program. You know, they provide their contractor license. Some states and some cities or counties do or don't require those types of things. So we just do our diligence. You know, we can get a pretty good sense of looking at their website, talking to ownership, uh, asking them how they deal with certain circumstances. That gives me a pretty good level of confidence to know that uh, they may be a good fit for us. So that's that's kind of the process by which a, a contractor, and I mean, we've been very fortunate. A guy like Tommy Mello, a lot of credibility. Tommy doesn't just run A1 Garage Doors. He is, you know, he's written a book. He's an accomplished author. He's a motivational guy that has a, a pretty big following on social media. And when Tommy put it out into his bloodstream of his network of people that he coaches, you know, immediately we got a, a, a really nice pop off of that. So Quality begets more quality, I, I guess, is what it comes down to. I think a lot of business uh, owners, uh, small business owners all over the United States, you know, we're only limited with this beautiful thing of the internet. We're only limited by our imagination and our ability to run a successful business. So when people are following people like a Tommy Mello or any number of the home experts, you know, that are out there that they do what they do really well, then my company is a beneficiary of that because that quality is is ingrained into that network of people that are all working together. So we've been able to, to, to acquire, like I said, close to 1,100 contractors around the country who have now been qualified. They're on our platform. And as we go market by market and start opening up and selling the consumer memberships, then uh, you know all those contractors are going to start to get those phone calls. They're going to be excited about it because those calls come to them for free in exchange for just giving their discount to our consumer. So whatever's required in that particular area, licensing, insurance, bonding, you guys are yeah. checking all that yeah. and they're having to provide that to you so That's that correct. you know for sure that, okay. That's good. correct. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you're right. Experience, it doesn't, you don't have to be in business for five years to show that you know how to do it and you're a reputable place, but you do have to have the licensing, the insurance, the bonding, whatever to, to help a consumer feel comfortable. Well, and the, and the app is, is also going to be something post, post job. We want the, we want. We're going to have our own internal, we call it real reviews. I got to give my nephew credit for this one. And, and when we say real reviews, it's, you know, you think of R-E-A-L, like real, because it's not like some of the other sites out there where you can kind of game the reviews and, you know, post some fake reviews on there. Um, with us, all these reviews are going to be internal on our app. So you can't game it, you know, because the only people that can get into the app as a consumer member is if you have a membership, right? Contractors have to be vetted and qualified and they're on that side. So the members, when they make a review, it's R-E-E-L, like a real. And so kind of like in an Instagram, we're, we're going to have the functionality where the consumer can actually cut a little 15-second or 30-second real review, pop it up. So other members that are living in that same market can now watch these reviews of actual customers, real customers. And many times, we're actually going to start to coach our contractors, hey, encourage your, your customers, our members, when you're with them, stand in the garage. If you just got done fixing their garage, cut a real review and let them push that up because it'll, it'll help you as a contractor, um, you know, be qualified to, to do even better on our platform just because, you know, you're, you're the one that's invoking and getting these real reviews up. So real reviews are really important to us. It's going to give an opportunity to kind of validate the experience that the contractor has. 
if their star rating system ever ever dips below four, uh, they're probably going to be escorted off our platform. Um, we have to keep our members. They're the ones that are paying our light bill. They're the ones that are um, keeping everybody happy. If, if you took Costco and they just did a, such a poor job where people just weren't renewing their memberships. And by the way, Costco, 100 million plus members in the United States, nine, almost a 92% renewal rate. So when I say that we're patterning ourselves, I say that with, you know, com- complete admiration for that particular brand because it's not a fancy store inside. You know, there's no grand pianos playing and Christmas trees and, you know, it and the holiday. It's a warehouse. But what they've done over the years is they've delivered superior customer service. They train their people. I mean, when you look at their badges, they've got, you know, 10, 12 years of service on there. That's a good sign of a company doing something right. So we, we're, we're very fortunate. We've got got some good examples out there that we want to kind of try to emulate a little bit. Absolutely. So I'm going to let Landon close out the show. We're, we're running short on time. I think, you know, what we should do is have you come back in a year and report to us how things have That'd gone here in the Phoenix area yeah. and, and uh, you know, update us at that point. But Landon, take us home. Yeah. Dave, what a, just a phenomenal conversation. And, and from, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like uh, you are very much uh, watering uh, your seed every single day, and it sounds like it's it, it's going to be popping through the soil any day here, man. So we we are certainly rooting for you, and uh, uh, sounds like uh, you've got some some great success coming with this company. So uh, kudos to you, my friend. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Dave, anybody that wants to track you down and and uh, have a conversation with you or uh, check out Save On Services. Can you just kind of point our listeners in a direction? Absolutely. So if you go to S-A-V-O-N, S-A-V-O-N services.com, if you're you're a homeowner in the Valley, uh, just click on the homeowner link up in the navigation. There's a nice short video there that gives you a little explanation about what our company does, the opportunity there. If you want to get signed up, you can do that. You just uh, click the button, put in your zip code. If you go to the app stores, our app, you can download the app and then uh, go ahead and sign up. And you, again, same thing. You just put your zip code in and then uh, you could sign up for just $29.99 for the whole year. Then you will, uh, you know, be, you'll be on our platform. You'll be able to get these discounts throughout the year, have access to the top rated contractors. If you're a contractor and you're here in the Valley and you'd like to consider getting free lead calls, absolutely for free. Then uh, if you're a, consider yourself a highly rated company, uh, just go to the contractor link and there's a separate video there for you to watch. And then that'll lead you right through the funnel of filling out an application. We'll be happy to consider you for our platform. If we already have three companies on that category, we'll put you on the wait list. And if any one of them has to be uh, pushed to the side, then we'll certainly be calling you. But don't hesitate. Uh, get onto our platform sooner than later uh, because that wait list is going to get rather long, I, c- I can I can tell you. And if you're a real estate agent here in the Valley, uh, this is something kind of new. We're really fortunate. We've we've uh, aligned with HomeSmart, who's one of the fastest growing real estate companies in the United States. And HomeSmart is based right here in the Scottsdale area. We have a gift card program that we've kind of partnered up with them. So if you're a car dealership, if you're a, a retail business that's looking to get exposure to homeowners, then you'll want to go and click on our uh, gift card links program, the packages, and watch those videos. And that'll tell you a little bit about how you can actually get our little uh, $30 gift cards for like $3 and you buy them in bulk. And then you give those out to your prospects. You know, the, the home smart real estate agents, they're loving them because they're now passing these out. It becomes a prospecting tool because what we've done 
is when that card gets activated, we go ahead and we push up the real estate agent's picture. Every time that that member opens up the app, they'll see the picture of the real estate agent that gifted them that membership. And so these agents are picking these memberships up now for $3. Uh, and it's like $30 savings to the customer because they get this free membership now to use for the first year. And everybody wins because now we're promoting the, the goodwill of the real estate agent so that hopefully they'll get that next call when the customer's ready to list their home or ready to buy something new. Um, so it's a win-win for everybody. We help car dealers sell more cars, create a lot of a little better relationship going on between uh, the, uh, the, the, the company and the members. So we just, you know, it's for us, it's all about marketing and bringing the value. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're, you're doing a phenomenal job of, of that. So uh, awesome. We, we, we very much look forward to having you back on here. Let's, let's plan on, uh, you know, eight to 12 months, bring you back on and giving us an update on uh, what you guys are up to. So Dave, thank you for uh, making the time to uh, be in studio today. It all worked out perfectly with you being in town. So. It did. Yeah, thank you for that. And um, yeah, we look forward to catching up with you soon. Yeah, on behalf of my uh, my nephew, David Esposito, and myself, thank you guys for uh, for bringing us in and uh, getting a chance to talk with you. It's been great meeting you and looking forward to talking to you again in the future. Yeah, our pleasure. Thanks a lot, Dave. Okay, you bet. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, proudly hosted by Austin Peterson and Landon Mance. Austin and Landon are comprehensive financial planning professionals specializing in financial, estate, and succession planning for small business owners. Austin and Landon have offices in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Las Vegas, Nevada, and represent clients in 14 states throughout the country. Join Austin, Landon, and the Featured Tycoons live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. right here on Business Radio X and your favorite podcast platform.